If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two better film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor Kate, and joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Mr. Ben Errington. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, he's been on the show previously, um, so you probably recognize his lovely voice. It's movie, nostalgia, and gaming content creator slash host of Enigmatic Productions and the Trash Tapes. It is Mr. Edward Harvey, also known as Harvey Retro now. Oh, like Harvey he's got Retro. an alias. He's got an alias. <laughs> he's doing, an guys? alias. <laughs> yeah, yeah A lot of people yeah. know me now as Harvey Retro, like who I've met online, which is kind of cool. Is and that they where you call are? me like Ed? They'll call me Harvey. That's strange. Oh. We've known each other for a long time now, right? Mm. At least, at least ten, 20 ten years. years. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. No. It must be at least a decade. Yeah, definitely. When was Macho Dan? Because that was one when we kind of first sort of met up. That was like the people who used to have naked wrestling tournaments. <laughs> I want to say 2014. But, uh. Oh, okay. I thought it'd, yeah, sounds about right. I thought it'd be more 2011, but I have no concept of time. <laughs> So, but yeah, have your retro because you guys have. I was just going to ask, you have the Discord channel now. Um, yeah. You're Harvey Retro in there, right? I think I saw someone talking to Harvey Retro and I was like, oh, oh, Ed. It took me like a second to sort Who of. Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, just, I just, I don't know. I, I want to kind of build that name now. So it's my like online presence. It oh, suits retro. you. Yeah. When I think of, when I think of videotapes, well, now I think of this film, but before I thought of Ed Harvey Retro. Yeah. Your VHS collections. Just yeah. Harvey Retro. Just Harvey Retro. That's the alias. It's not Ed Harvey Retro. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Don't mess with the brand. Yeah. It just rolls off the tongue quite nicely, Harvey Retro. So I thought I'd stick with that. 
Yeah. Ben, we need some cool names. <laughs> yeah. Better than Luke. Ben's, Ben's, Ben's nice. I like Ben. Um, you do? Glad to hear it. Well, you've got like Luke Condor with a K, which kind of that rolls off the tongue. Does it? Okay. Yeah. And Luke of Condor is like your social media alias. And what's mine? Ben underscore Errington. He knows it. Is it underscore? <laughs> yeah, and that's. Oh, I went knows. against. I went against what I would naturally go to. That's what you should do. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I've never really been. There. I've never really been one for nicknames or aliases or anything like that. So nothing's ever really stuck with me, apart from Twathead. No, not that. <laughs> uh, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll come up with one in the future when I when I really need one. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, it's our four-year anniversary yesterday, right? Oh, four right. years. Awesome. Anniversary. Congratulations. Years. Thank That's you very much. Blown yeah. by. I mean, well, it really has, has it. blown by. Or has it? <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, yeah, I was thinking this the other day. Like, I can't remember the exact moment that we decided we were going to do a podcast about horror movies. Um, and we also mentioned the fact that Andy who is pretty much a regular co-host now. He's on pretty much every episode or every other episode. Mm. Me and Luke don't even remember when we first actually started speaking to him. So I reckon something's happened along the lines where he's just found his way into the podcast. And that's, <laughs> and that's how we... That's it's like the we, origin of the Joker. You don't know how it started. Yeah. <laughs> no idea how it started. Maybe he doesn't have an origin. There Maybe will be an origin know. story by, about Andy Condor yeah. Turner at some point in time. Of course, it'll be divisive. Dancing, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So Ben, you had a new segment you wanted to uh, shove into this middle, this bit of the show, right? Yes, well, it <laughs> is. This you is, wanted is... to put it in really neatly. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to put it in really neatly by shoving it in. Last few episodes, we've kind of in this opening part of the podcast, we've kind of spoken about a lot of random issues and ilks and things that we've that frustrate us so i thought a new segment could be real life horrors uh and things that like genuinely do terrify you in real life um that you've experienced and then maybe our listeners could suggest some as well for us to discuss one thing i was going to discuss today was the fact that i took my car for an mot yearly mot um and that fear that kind of like sits in the bottom of your belly and just swishes around like you've had too much iron brew uh, and it's basically giving giving your car over to somebody and saying, "Charge me as much as you want." That's kind of what you're. That's kind of what you're doing. And what I want to talk about is that fear. And like, is there anything else in the world where you kind of do go to somebody and pretty much charge me whatever you want? It's a horrible feeling. Yeah, like you're at his, uh, or I, I don't know if it's a man or a woman. You're at their, um, like, what's the word? They they could have whatever which way they want with you. Yeah, with they, your just tell, anyway. they just tell you <laughs> tell you what's wrong with the car. Like I'm not an expert in automobiles, so they just go, "This is wrong with it," and you go, "Is it okay? It's going to cost four hundred pounds." And you go, "Okay." <laughs> There's literally nothing you can yeah. do about it. And I hate that control being taken away from me, especially in a financial term, because I'm definitely the kind of person who likes to bargain and barter and try and get the best price and shop around. Are you I love really? doing that. I don't yeah. know if I shop around. Maybe I'll call. Maybe I'll do the compare the market thing. Uh, yeah. But I, I definitely got. I think that's quite a scary thing to barter. 
you go to a shop and they say the cappuccino is two pound ninety nine. I don't think I would ever say not like that. Bring it oh. in, in in the sense in like a retail sense, or where something is a price, I would never ever barter. I would never ever say, "Could you do it for a bit cheaper?" Seeing as I shop here a lot, I mean that mm. is a twat. But <laughs> but when it comes to something like this, where I feel like so, for example, today when somebody was telling me how much my repairs were going to be cost, were going to cost, he was definitely just adding numbers together. He was just looking and going, yeah, that yeah. costs about that. That costs about that. And then he came to mm. 306 pounds. And I was a bit like, yeah, but yeah, but really? Like, because it seems <laughs> yeah. like you've just gone this, 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 and this. Like, it's quite terrifying. I find it quite terrifying. You've got to shop around. I'm not too sure how scary this is, shopping around. But I, um, <laughs> I remember I had the last one I had, for American listeners, I don't know if you had MOTs, it's like a yearly checkup of your car. Uh, but the guy said it would be 111 pound, and the part I looked at it, it was like five pound from a car shop. I ordered it and thought I don't know how to fit it, and then I took it back to swim. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was five pound even worse off. <laughs> well, just for that, I'm going to charge you double. <laughs> I suppose a similar yeah. feeling would be, say, for possible, possibly American listeners, is like if you end up in an accident or hurting yourself. And then you go to the hospital and you literally have no idea how much something's going to cost. Yeah. That kind of puts the fear of God into me a little bit. Yeah. I'll tell you what I found pretty terrifying. Buying the ha- buying a house for the first time. I don't, know what anyone's, I don't know what anyone is talking about. I don't understand mortgages. I don't yeah. understand what the solicitors are saying. And it's just like, yeah, okay. You just agree. <laughs> yeah, that is scary. Because that's like a commit, like not an easy thing to get out of. Like it's a yeah. proper commitment. No, I'm just totally just going along with everything. Like, yeah. I, these, I are, don't know. these are real life horrors, but they're also really adult horrors. You know, things yeah. that wouldn't have even crossed your mind uh, <laughs> when you're like 15 years old. I got to do what? Shut up! Not yeah. interested. I always get scared a little bit. I'll tell you some real life horrors. I'll, I'll knock some off. Someone's knocking at the door that you weren't expecting anyone. That terrifies me for some reason because I think something's wrong. My pal's number. That terrifies that. me. Getting on a plane when it yeah. first takes off and you put and you you realise there's no getting off the off the ride now, you have to kind of make peace with the fact you may never get off the plane. And that, that little so, dip, a little dip. Over, I yeah. think that's it. That's it's over. It's the end. On, on <laughs> also on a plane when you flush the toilet, that's so loud. <laughs> <laughs> you think you get sucked down it? Yeah. Not again. Yeah. And uh... <laughs> withheld yeah. number like. If it's withheld, I need to answer it because I think there's no I've, way I'm uh, without held numbers. Without held, <laughs> without held. But if it's a number I don't recognise, I'll give that a quick Google, see if people say this is a, oh yeah, this yeah. Is a nuisance call or not. Really, yeah. I I just don't. If I haven't got, if I'm not, I don't know who the number is. I just never answer it. And if if it's important, they'll leave a message. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I, but I think do you it eats away at me. That's scary. Listen to voicemail thinking, oh, what's this? And it's just a, <laughs> and just like a little <laughs> note. Because no one leaves voicemails. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were talking earlier about like, uh, you know, when you get a knock at the door and you don't know who it is. We get like on a regular basis, like every few months, we get like a knock at the door and it's like uh, young offenders trying to sell stuff like door to door like they were they they did kind they were in prison 
and they've been given a job oh, yeah. to like, try and sell stuff out of a big it's bag. Like soaps and sponges and stuff. Yeah, and it's quite intimidating that. And I always like let them do the thing and then don't buy it. <laughs> I haven't got any cash, mate. Yeah. yeah. Cashless society, no, mate. No, no one carries any cash. See you later. I got a card machine. Oh, God, God's sake! Yeah, where'd you steal that from, mate? those words i've got a card machine might be a real life horror i remember someone doing that to you at a con at a comic con or something ben someone i think you said i don't have any cash and they went (laughs) just pull the card machine out of the pocket yeah i've been on the other i've been on the other end of it as well you know when uh, it's quite nice when you're on the other end of it and someone goes sorry i ain't got any cash left and you go well i've got a card machine they go or they could whip out like a tablet with PayPal ready to go, kind of thing. Oh yeah. yeah. You just have your email address. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, at that point, you just got to piss your pants on you and just go, oh, well, sorry. Well, I don't think you have to do that. I mean, <laughs> don't go that far. How would you what are they paying you for? How would you get out of it then? <laughs> go on, tell me. I don't know. Just, uh, I just don't. I, I slowly. I don't think I ever find myself in a situation. I don't. I don't think I say I don't have any cash. I think I just oh I do the I'm gonna have a look around and then and then I, I haven't just don't fully finish committed sentence. to a pur- <laughs> I haven't fully committed to a purchase yet, but when I do with my allocated funds for the day, I'll be back. Yeah. Remember that guy who who's I, he was around our table twice and he said he had face blindness and I thought I always thought that was a fake thing, like it, it was like a joke illness. And I'm still not sure if he actually just didn't want to Well not, when he said he had face blindness. What, like he couldn't remember who we were? What? I spoke to him twice, and yeah. the second time he was like, he didn't remember me, and then uh, he said he had face blindness. He was just, mm. he was. I mean, he'd let himself down, and he was trying to get out of it, wiggle his way out of it. How yeah, many? And then he weed himself. <laughs> how, many, how, many, how many layers did you have on at this particular time, Luke? Because if you had nine on, I think he'd remembered you. A big just this rolling was, towards it. This, yeah. <laughs> I look like the inner part of a Teletubby. You take that. I've got like the shape, the shape going on. Oh no, I've lost it. <laughs> I've lost. I've lost my nine hoods. I don't know if if, <laughs> if uh, people, if people like, if if they have their own real life horrors that they want to jump in yeah. with. I mean, Sanders. if you've got your own real life horror, uh, hit us up on the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors, uh, and we may or may not discuss it. This part of the show may be completely dead in the water you may never hear it again if you're listening to it then you've been treated if it never happens again then i apologize i can remember i worked at the pride park football stadium derby county football club football stadium and a guy who i was serving burgers with like casually said oh i got stabbed once and i said what (laughs) and then he said like he had this massive scar on his side and he just told me about how he's walking home once Someone got out of a car and punched him in the stomach and he walked on, walked home, and then he collapsed and realised he hadn't been punched in the stomach, he'd been stabbed. There's a real life horror story for you. I mean, I'm sure you've yeah. told me that story before. I've heard you say that story. I was I was thinking real life horrors like mild inconveniences and frustrations, but getting Wait, stabbed, it was Jesus. Quite an inconvenience. <laughs> wild inconvenience, wild. I thought you said. A wild inconvenience. <laughs> got you. Yeah. Uh, I probably have told you that before. If you're walking around Derby, because that's where it happened. Yeah. Around Pride Park. Mm. That's terrifying. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Have you got any horror news? <laughs> <laughs> got some horror news. Uh, so M. Night Shyamalan 
shared the first look at his new thriller called Old, ahead of Super Bowl of the Super Bowl. Sorry, which was the Sunday. Did you guys see this trailer at all? No, I only saw one Super Bowl advert. The Edward Scissorhands one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. That looked pretty. That was pretty cool with Winona Ryder really as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this trailer. Again, don't want to give too much away, but the main crux of the movie seems to be there's a beach where a family and some other people are, and they seem to be getting really old really quickly. Like there's kids who go off and then they come back and they're like thirty. Like Death Stranding. <laughs> Pretty much like mm. Death Stranding, yeah. yeah. Um, but instead of rain, it looks like it's just going to be uh, the salty sea air that's doing it. Uh, but I think it's based on a book as well, if I remember correctly. Uh, can't see which one. It doesn't say here. But it's based on a book, I believe, or a comic book or something. Uh, but yeah, it looks quite, could be quite interesting. M, Sh- M. Night Shyamalan's having a kind of a resurgence i guess yeah he's got that tv show on apple tv at the minute that i need to watch servant uh servant yeah 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 do you think he's still got it old m night i think he can pull it well i I think he can pull it out of the bag around again (laughs) yeah yeah the the bit with the the visit when they're under the house and the the grandmother like i don't know it's like she does like a, a like a crawl across the floor like pounces yeah. towards uh, the little kid. That was terrifying. I think yeah, cool. he's definitely got the ability to still have it, but I think yeah. some of his recent stuff has been a bit. I wasn't particularly infused with glass. No. Uh, and I really didn't like the visit, but maybe I need to give it another chance because I did see it a long time ago in the cinema. What else has he done recently? Is that it? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't really. I've not. See, he was one of these that he like, he peaked very early, didn't he? Like his first, it's like a big movie, like Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Those movies are awesome, and mm. then he had to keep that like level up, didn't he? Like, which is hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, he did the one with Paul Giamatti, uh, and he finds like a like a magic realist story about some apartment complex, which I quite like. Lady liked, in the but, water. Yeah, this is about a lady in the water. She was in the I wall, think that so, was, yeah. the twist was in was the, the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that was kind of it. I think a lot of people started to believe that his movies were all about the twist, and they were relying on the twist. And what's the big twist going to be? Mm. Possibly held him back a little bit. Whereas, like, how am I going to follow up some massive twists with? Well, I might even do a movie with no twist. Mm. Going to do what? <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be no the twist is there's going to be no twist. I like the voice Get of the out. people. <laughs> going to do what? No <laughs> twist? Nonsense. I don't really like twists anymore in films. I don't like it. Just like the whole pulling the rug under under the audience like feet like at the end. I, I just don't like that way of kind of storytelling anymore. I've gone off it. I think because even yeah. if I go back to watching Sixth Sense now, which is his best work considered his best work. I I don't I think that's aged hasn't aged great either. Uh, it's 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 basically the plot revolves around that twist, so it can uh, it can have flaws because oh it doesn't matter it's got a good twist at the end. When you watch yeah. it back and you know what yeah. the twist is, you feel like it just ruins it because you're just looking for those signposted moments mm. of, of what the twist is. No one bloody talks to Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's on a he's yeah. on a bus at one point. I mean, the screen ran like uh, pitch meeting video said like. Sits on his lap. <laughs> how did he? How did he pay? Like ghost cash. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You'd notice, wouldn't you, after a while, that everyone, everyone's ignoring you. Like, come on. Ghost Cash. I got contest list. Ghost Cash. Ghost Cash yeah. is tight. Those uh, screen round videos are really good as well. Uh, yeah, the pitch me ones. They're, yeah, they're yeah. so funny. Really yeah. well together. It'd be good if somebody yeah. sat on his lap on the bus. <laughs> and he was like, excuse excuse me, you're sat on my... Oh, yeah, hi! <laughs> yeah. I'm just going just gonna to deal with it. That would be better. I would have enjoyed that. Uh, I've, do you know what? News is a bit thin on the ground. Apparently... The Duon director, so the director of the TV show Duon, Duon Origins, um, has got a new horror movie called Suicide Forest Village, which I guess is a spin on that film. Did you see the film The Forest with Natalie Dormer? Which was I did actually, yeah. Critically, I think it was critically panned, and I remember watching it, and it was a bit naff. But you know, the Suicide Forest stuff is all pretty spooky. Uh, so the synopsis for this is one day a mysterious box arrived and a curse began to spread all over. The source of the box is Jukai Village. The village is hidden in Jukai Forest, a suicide spot that once you enter it, you could never come out. Okay. Mm. That could be good. Cursed box. Uh, it's good. Yeah. So there's a trailer, a trailer for that, which I haven't seen yet. But I, I quite enjoyed you on Origins. It was like, it wasn't massively obvious that it was a spin-off of the grudge because you expected it to hit all these particular beats and have all these particular visuals but it was quite a good sort of ghost story which had quite a few layers to it as well so uh yeah i was as many that. layers as you you saw yeah, it as well Ed? yeah I, I i don't know i perhaps didn't like it quite as much as you i, I think i wanted more ties to the uh yeah. to the the series and i wanted more kind of i wanted it to be kind of like be a proper link to mm the films uh mm. and it was a bit too far for, removed in my opinion but it was a bit of like a loose connection wasn't it mm. really yeah i really like do, do you remember like the end credits were really strange as well weren't they like uh it was just like a, a forest that looked like it was submerged in water and just like a really like wistful yeah. odd odd little uh almost like a lullaby over the top it was mm. just little 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 um touches like that that i think made it made me enjoy it as much mm. as i did it because it didn't feel particularly um obvious as it could have done possibly mm -hmm. uh, another super bowl trailer or super bowl spot was for clarice the uh science of the lambs spin-off series which is on cbs this week i believe i think it premieres on thursday uh so i don't know if you guys have seen this it kind of like goes right science of the lambs series is it Here's as many visuals that you can imagine from the Science of the Lambs series in one go. We've got Death's Head moths all over the place. Death's Head moths landing on mouths. Lambs. We've, we've got uh, southern drawl accents. Uh, it's all there. But So basically, if you like Science of the Lambs and you want more, you know, <laughs> why wouldn't you? This seems like it's got t probably too much. But I'm probably going to watch something like this. I would probably watch a couple of episodes. So it's a year after the events of the Science of the Lambs. Uh, apparently it's a deep dive into the untold personal story of Clarice Starling. Uh, mm. as she, so it's going to be... Yeah, I do wonder. Silence I bet herself. she's going to be silencing Ooh. some lambs. Uh, moths chasing her around. Uh, well, uh, did you guys mm. like the Hannibal show? I only watched the, uh, the first few episodes. It was good. I, I yeah, me too. With it. 
Yeah, I've got there's a lot of people that said, No, you'd love it, you got to stick with it and watch it all. And I'm like, I I don't know, I I might do that, but so far, I haven't (laughs) done that. (laughs) I might do that, but because you've told me to, I'm going to purposely not do that. Okay, the thing is, though, people often do that, they often say, like, Oh, you'd love this, you'd love this game, or you'd love that. And for some reason, I, I, I don't like watch it all or don't play it it's like it's rebelling against their wishes you don't know me i was trying to get my friend duncan to play inside for about two years and inside is one of my favorite games and i kept like banging on about it so often to him that when he played it i think it kind of was underwhelming to him Uh, because i just really sort of hashed hashed over it too much so yeah i I think nowadays you've just got to undersell everything yeah it could be quite good so you think i think i actually said that exact thing to you last week ed when i told you when we were talking about psycho gorman i think i did actually say you'd love it yeah oh, but now, no. I've, now i've actually seen the trailer i, I will actually love that so i will yeah. actually get that out it's all right uh, don't get you know, have you guys seen your selling thing though <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen turbo kid as well yeah, no, so, no, that's on my post-apocalyptic watch list. I've been told so, to a lot lately, especially since Psycho Gorman to watch that. So, what, what, what are your thoughts on that, Ed? Uh, it's just if it's, it's just like it's got some ridiculous like random gore in it that I didn't expect, but it but it's like got everything you want from like a '80s like sort of kids kind of movie, but it's also got like the the whole '80s kind of action movie kind of. But merging into it as well, um, but uh, it's it's just it's and it's very it's this it's got a proper banging synthwave soundtrack as well. Lovely, really good. yeah, lovely stuff. Yeah, you've oh, probably, oh. sold it to me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll like it, will I? Well, I'm not gonna <laughs> like it. Um, I think that's kind of yeah. it in terms of horror news. I saw some stuff about Neil Marshall talking about making a new film called The Lair. But I've heard his film is new. His film that's just come out, The Reckoning, is getting a little bit of a ass slapping from critics. Apparently, it's not not particularly. It's not particularly good. I think I've seen a few people in our Facebook group saying it's a bit of a shit show. But I'll probably watch it. But apparently, he's making a new movie called The Lair, which is going to be a legit monster movie. So I still watch stuff he does. I didn't particularly hate Hellboy, his version of Hellboy. It's on Netflix at the minute. And I, again, that was the other. That's the other way. It's been undersold too much. Like, <laughs> oh, I no. needed to be like right in the middle yeah. for me to watch them. <laughs> that sweet spot. <laughs> I might. I won't mind watching it again just to remind myself. But I remember thinking it was all right. I mean, it wasn't. It's not like any is nowhere near as good as the Guillermo del Toro, what yeah. Ron Perlman movies. But yeah, again, that's it. Unless anyone else has seen any other <laughs> horror news. This week it's been, has been a bit thin on the ground. Nothing much been announced. I said mm, no, 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 nada. Isn't uh, Little Nightmares two out this week? Yeah, that's some news. Little Nightmares two is out this week. <laughs> um, ha- have you played the first one, Ed? Little Nightmares? No, but I've watched Johan play through the first one uh, on Twitch, like pretty much the whole thing. So I've probably seen the whole game, him playing yeah. it. Because it was so funny. Him, him, his, he was shrieking at everything. It was just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Johan is, is a joy to watch playing <laughs> games. Um, did he... W- there's a couple of bits. There's a bit where there's like an avalanche of people like pouring through this corridor after you. Do you remember yeah. that bit? I can imagine yeah. Johan having a whale of the time 
Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a funny, that, that game is like, it's got a bit of a Tim burton kind of vibe, but it's scarier, isn't it? It's kind of... Scarier yeah. and gorier. Like, it's got mm. actual gore in it. Um, yeah, it's definitely got a Tim Burton-esque stuff. It's got... I was thinking, I was got like a, almost a Studio Ghibli vibe mm. as well. In this, you know, in Spirited Away, when the family is turning into pigs, yeah, it kind of, I don't know, oh, yeah. kind of made me think of that. Yeah, so it's a weird little tone, but it does do, it does do what it does quite well, because it lures you in with the cuteness, like thinking, oh, it's gonna, not going to be scary, but it actually yeah. is scary. Yeah, super tense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going to play the second one. What's mm. the uh, the main character's like a baghead or something? <laughs> He's got a bag on his head. Well, them baggers, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, has anybody watched anything or seen anything oh, good or played anything good this past week or so? Completely forgot about that section of the show. We've overdone it now. We've got too many sections of the show now. <laughs> um, you seen anything, Ben? Do you know what? I've watched next to nothing this week. Um, I did watch a movie called Sater which is a psychological supernatural horror movie uh, from director Jordan Graham, who like did everything. He wrote the movie, he directed the movie, scored the movie. He did it all. Wrote the theme tune, sing the theme tune, sing the theme tune. Uncanny. And I did actually, just before this show, I did chat to him. I did a little interview of him and spoke to him all about the film. So we're going to release that as a bonus episode. Um, I think around about early next week because i think the film's available on demand on the 15th of february in the uk i think it's available every everywhere else so the us is available now to watch sater um so yeah we'll do a we'll put that episode out on the podcast feed and on the youtube channel uh around that it was great great to talk to him great to hear about everything that went into the movie it's quite a personal film uh it's taken him seven years to make but it really does sort of like capture something about like this modern folk horror that we've seen in the last few years with things like The Witch and It Comes at Night and stuff like that. These quiet, understated horror movies that don't necessarily rely on jump scares and they rely more so on psychological and uh, uh, mental illness and various other things to get to get their scares. So, yeah, I recommend it. It was good. Uh, very spooky um, and a real passion project of the guy as well. So, uh, yeah. Obviously, there'll be more about that in the bonus episode. We go quite into depth about the making of the film and stuff. But yeah, cool. enjoyed it. Cool. I watched uh, Troll Hunter. Um, oh, I can't Lovely. pronounce the director's name. Um, but Troll Hunter is I got it in Blu-ray because it's the kind of film I just knew I wanted to have in in the collection because I know I'm, I'm going to watch it a few times. Uh, the director's name is Andre Overdell. Overdell. He did. He made this movie in Norway. He's done a, a few things in Hollywood. Um, didn't he do... Oh, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. That's the one, which is a great film. Uh, um, <laughs> Troll Hunter is maybe my favourite found footage movie. Have yeah. you seen it? Do you know what it is? Um, I haven't seen it, no. Have you I seen saw it, it then? Okay. Yeah, I, a long time ago. I think I saw it around probably the same year as it was released, which was 2011? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, about ten years something ago. Like that. Um, so mm-hmm. it's set in Norway. It's about a group of kids who go to college who want to make a film about 
this hunter, this poacher who who goes into the wilderness of the Scandinavian mountains and countryside, and then you find out that he hunts trolls. And it's made on like a quite a low budget, but it's it's just really well put together. It's quite tongue in cheek, but plays it super straight. And the trolls um, are just really good. Giant, absolutely massive. Absolutely mm. massive. Yeah, monstrous, huge things. Um, Ugly. I don't know. It's it's really good. It's a lot of fun. I'd recommend Troll Hunter to to anyone really. Oh, yeah. Cool. I'd like to. I like to watch it again. It does beg that. It does put pose that question that how are these huge creatures like kaiju kind of like living out of sight it's well, when you think about it doesn't it um the the telephone poles they're yeah. not they're not for telephone communications the giant electric fences that keep ah, trolls okay and they, well, had the footage, they had the footage of the prime minister of norway actually saying that in like a real conversation i think in real life he was probably saying it in a deadpan joke sort of way but they used yeah. it in the film as if it was like, oh wow they're just, just, just an interview and he went, I'm going to make a whole film based on that concept. <laughs> maybe maybe what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I've, been play- I've been playing a lot of Spider-Man. Forgive me. Oh, lovely. I've been for the PS4 Spider-Man, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just started Miles Morales this week. Uh, and it's pretty much exactly the same as the other game, but like, obviously you're Miles Morales and uh, different enemies and different boss fights and that's cool. cool what about you ed what have you been watching this week well nothing horror related but we recently got disney plus so we're going i'm going down a 90s nostalgic uh, rabbit hole <laughs> i watched blank check from 1994 <laughs> that's basically like um a product placement heavy movie like where a kid basically gets hold of a blank check from like a a criminal uh, and he just ends up like ca- cashing like a million dollars. But the movie hasn't really got like, he hasn't really got many friends. And it's kind of a sad like loner movie. He ends up getting all, buying all this stuff put it in, putting it in this like sort of big ha- like house. And now he gets all this for a million. But, um, and, it, and he just yeah, enjoys all these kind of things in this house with one like chauffeur guy. Uh, and and then it, he realizes that family is important at the end, and yeah, uh, there's a message. Yeah, but it's quite a, a sad kind of shallow movie, really, because he hasn't got many. He, he gets this big party, and they're not they're only there because of the money and stuff. Like he, yeah. he creates this fake character so he can like cash checks and stuff called like uh, Mr. Macintosh because it's got a big Mac kind of like product. Placement. <laughs> oh god! Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it was very good fun though, and really sort of brought me back to that time of like going into like Toys R Us uh, in the nineties and wanting oh, everything yeah. in Toys R Us, and yeah. you yeah. kind of want to be that kid. There's a really odd bit in it though, which is really inappropriate now, which is where he is this girl, there's this woman that he likes in it, like who works in the bank, and she's like twenty odd. And yeah. there's a bit at the end where he she kisses him on the lips and he's like a little kid. And it's like, oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> why would you kiss this like ten-year-old on the lip? <laughs> it's like uh it's like big with Tom Hanks, isn't it? The fact yeah. that he like that's got that make that's got some odd stuff well, he, going on. He, doesn't the, he yeah. get with as an he's like a ten year old in a twenty five year old's body. body. In a Hanks body. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> And uh, he gets the <laughs> yeah, but he gets I, with a girl. I, I you say he gets with a girl. What I mean, he just 
What kisses her, right? That, is that kind of it? It's just it's just a kiss, no, but it's like it's, it's what like, was like the big preference? Kiss on the lips. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like films in like the eighties and nineties were trying to sort of play into these like childhood fantasies, which like imagine you had all the money in the world. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Imagine you had this woman who's twenty years a old, mermaid. and if she <laughs> imagine yeah. you had a mermaid. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Imagine you were Tom Hanks. I mean, she just yeah. says something like. Uh, Call me up again in another ten years, but it'd only be like sixteen or something then. Like, <laughs> <laughs> call me up again in every five years. Well, still won't be of age. Well, you know, uh, say hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I also watched Flubber from nineteen ninety-seven. Oh, that's a good one. Good it's got like the special effects are really good for ninety-seven. Actually, some of the like the, the goo goo effects that are kind of like there's a one massive scene I've shared on my stories. Where like there's a massive routine that the the goo doesn't like it's like it's like a big dance routine, <laughs> and uh, that is looks amazing. But I realised that they didn't really care about like dialogue uh, in in nineties <laughs> movies because every character says stuff that's like really like weak, and yet they try and kind of dress it up with music, like a nice bit of score under it. It's like telling you how to emote to this line. It's like, oh, no, I, I know that's a bad line. You're not fooling I- me. Is it a yeah. good Robin Williams performance? Because uh, he does have one scene where he emotes like, and he's get dead sad. You know, he has that in pretty much every movie, doesn't he? There's one scene where he's like, you know, you can see the tear running down, and he's like really sad, and he's like, you, you, you're right there with him, you know? Yeah. But, Buffalo um, Bill is in it as well, isn't he? Nice segue from Silence of the Lambs. Uh, he is. He's, yeah. like, he's like the bat. Is he the main bad guy? Or just one of the heavies. He's one of the henchmen. Yeah. yeah. But and he talks remember exactly it... like Buffalo Bill. There. I think that's yeah. his normal voice, though, isn't it? Would you, you fuck me, flubber? Would <laughs> you fuck me, flubber? I'd fuck me, flubber. Isn't there a bit where he ends up like having a bit of flubber bouncing him up and down for like eternity? Is yeah, it something like that. Because the flubber gets put into some sort of spray, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, <laughs> loads of like crazy stuff going on. Uh, but it's, I realised that Robin Williams' character in it. He's, he's not likable at all. He's like this scientist obsessed with his work that he even misses his wedding day that he's so obsessed oh. with his work. And yeah. like, in, and the wife is like a really one note character anyway. But like, uh, yeah, she eventually wins her back by... Who plays showing... the wife? The wife is Marcia... Is it Marcia Gay Harden from, yeah. um, from The Mist? So the scary, like... Oh, um, yeah. relig- scary religious creep yeah. from the mist. She's the wife. Yeah, I remember not believing their their uh, even as a kid, even as a thirteen year old kid, I didn't believe their relationship was legit. Yeah. I'd miss my wedding day. <laughs> I and I also watch. Uh, I did a bit of research for because I did a video lately on top ten eighties. Uh, cars and vehicles from TVs and TV shows and movies. So looking at, into a few of those, and I watched some bits for it was an episode of the Eighteen with Boy George in it. You know, it's, it's, uh... <laughs> what? I don't think I've ever seen the Eighteen. I think I saw a clip of them shooting cabbages at people, and I thought <laughs> this isn't for me. Cabbages. Well, there's, there's a bit, I think I think no, Boy George that's... was absolutely massive at that particular time, and he, he just he liked the Eighteen, so he wanted to be in it because there's a bit where. He's just like he he gets to drive the eighteen van in one scene, and for some reason he's like a master locksmith. 
like Boy George, and he can like, unlock any door. And the whole of plot in the episode is just like a misunderstanding. It's like this bar like hire cowboy George, and he's like, "Oh, you're supposed to be cowboy George." No, not boy George. And it's all this kind of weird stuff. <laughs> he's a master locksmith. Yeah, he's the master of unlocking. I thought that title was safe for Jill Valentine. <laughs> Good old boy George. I'm going to Google that now. Actually, boy George, eighteen. Good times. Oh, another bit that actually I'm going to tell you this bit as well because he. Uh, when he's introduced to the A-team, usually B.A. Baracus, Mr. T, is like really sort of serious and tough guy. You know, you know, he's like Mr. T. But when he meets Boy George, he's like, he goes all happy and he's like, Boy George. Like that. <laughs> Just a like, really, totally really big character. Man. At that point, he's like Mr. T, fanboy. He's not B.A. Baracus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. It's pretty amazing. This looks great. This is That's like about a time it. capsule of the eighties, right there. So what? What other cars are you talking like? The Ghostbusters car, Back to the Future car, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Okay. Gonna be, I'm not going to reveal my list, Luke. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to like, attempt. <laughs> it can be supercars, you know, like your Knight Rider, um, and you know, Street Hawk, like motorcycle, or it could be kind of like. Uh, vehicles in cars that kind of mean something like you know to the character or whatever it doesn't have to be a supercar yeah. uh, some of my picks were like you know a, a certain car in a movie that is important that i liked uh, mm. things like that it's it's a mix mix of things but all 80s stuff cool. so that's on the okay. enigmatic productions youtube plug there you go. we'll stick all that <laughs> stuff in the show notes with the little linkies to the enigmatic YouTube and trash tapes and all that stuff. Cool. So, 45 minutes in, shall we start talking about the film? Yeah. <laughs> I'm done, mate, to be fair. I'm done. <laughs> which which of those segments from the start of the show should we remove in order to make the show more streamlined? Uh, horror news. Just get rid of that. You know, <laughs> No one wants that anymore. No one's interested. In real life horror should stay, no matter what. Uh, okay. But today we're talking about um, American Psycho. So American Psycho is a two is a year two thousand American black comedy slasher film, co-written and directed by Mary Harron, based on Brett Easton Ellis's nineteen ninety one novel of the same name. It stars Christian Bale, Willem Dafoe, Jared Leto, Josh Lucas, Chloe Sevigny, uh, Justin Theroux. I mean the cast is stacked, and Reese Witherspoon. Sorry, yeah, that's yeah. a that's one big one. Uh, a wealthy New York City investment banking executive, Patrick Bateman, although we don't really ever see him doing any real work, do we? Uh, <laughs> hides his alternative, uh, his alternate psychopathic ego from his co-workers and friends as he delves deeper into his violent hedonistic fantasies. Yeah. Uh, reviews here, we've got IMDb at 7.6. Rotten Tomatoes is 70% critic score, 85% uh, user score. Letterbox is sitting just below a four um, at a 3.9. Some choice reviews here. Roach Emil uh, put, this movie fucking suck. Half a star. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's the Yeah, this movie fucking suck. Didn't even put um, sucks. It just sucked. It did a single suck. Uh, Silent Dawn <laughs> put... Um, Christian Bale deserved an Oscar. So quotable, so funny, so twisted, so delirious, so amazing. Sorry this review is so short. I have to return some videotapes. Four and a half stars. 
So he was well into it. Mm. Uh, lush kind. Lusky kind. What a shit. Seriously, there's nothing good about movie. Ridiculous how he gets away with it every time. Half a star. <laughs> he gets away with it every time. <laughs> Someone catch this guy. <laughs> I feel like they really kind of got, got what the film was getting at at the end there. Um, yeah, I mean, I American Psycho, it's quite a big one. I don't know why, but I think maybe I watched it a long time ago and didn't really click with it. I just never, I didn't read the book. It was never a big one for me. Uh, so this was quite a nice way to sort of rediscover it. Um, is it one of your guys' favourites? or um, I saw it around about the time, maybe a couple of years after it came out. Um, and I remember people talking about it, like, oh, it's, it's kind of kind of creepy, but it's funny at the same time. It's got weird tones. So I watched it and I, I quite enjoyed it back then, but I didn't get what kind of message it was kind of trying to convey like at the time uh, yeah. now if i watch it watching it now i think it's aged really well or either that or i understand it better now mm. um uh, and yeah so i watching it recently a couple of days ago really really enjoyed it more more a lot more than when i first saw it back in the day yeah what about you ben yeah i've always had uh, a lot of love for this film i wanted to cover it on this podcast especially this month because it's women in horror month uh for february uh, yeah. and i thought we haven't really covered enough movies directed by women on this podcast so it was nice to cover this one and i thought this was a good choice because the book is one that i read you know in my late teens um around about a time when i was reading a lot of stuff like fight club and movies were being made of these films and i was kind of like worshiping these psychopathic um like male characters in movies and thinking yeah they're killing people but they're doing it for a good reason do you know what i mean just like a little bit skewed in terms of my view of it um and the book is notoriously like thought of as quite gross and a little bit uh, misogynistic and almost the the gratuitous violence is almost like a bit too much mm -hmm. so i think but I think it's got a lot of good messages in the book as well in terms of, you know, it's a parody of of genres, but it's also a parody of a certain type of man in the in the 80s. So I think what Mary um, Harron has done with the film is she gives it this whole different side to what is essentially like a really engrossing story of a man and his who's losing his mind in one way or another, you know, whichever way you take it. I mean, I think it's quite obvious come the end what is happening. Uh, but yeah. I've always appreciated, and I, I think I have to agree with Ed that it has aged really well. Like I probably haven't mm. seen it for a fair, a fair few years, but I almost kind of like enjoyed it more this time. I kind of all of those little touch. I mean, I was laughing loads. I was like shocked and just like, God, I don't remember that bit. And oh my God, yeah. that is ridic that is ridiculous. And uh, and especially the cast. You know, when people pop up in it, you're like, Oh wait, that's that's her, isn't it? That's him. And uh, you know, it's, it's just a really good enjoyable movie to watch and obviously i think when it was released in the year 2000 because of the title of it people kind of just thought it was going to be an updated version of psycho even though this is what one year after the remake is that right one or two years after the psycho mm. remake with vince vaughn yeah so i mean i i remember thinking that when it when it was released or just after because i probably didn't see it on release i probably saw it a little bit after that but i remember thinking it was like an updated version of that psycho you know perhaps a similar sort of story but taking someone who's uh 
living with his mum or his dead mum in a in a motel and a house and a house mm. um and putting it into like Wall Street, New York, something like that. Um but yeah, it couldn't be further from that really. And I think it's a really unique um and and quite terrifying movie. Yeah. Uh Christian Bale, um he uh it, it plays the role I mean it's kind of over the top, but I think that's kind of the point. It's the tone of the film. <laughs> He matches it pretty perfectly. He looks like a kind of a Grecian god at times. Like, he, that's not a real body. Surely they've photoshopped <laughs> his face onto that. The sculpture yeah. that's come to life. Well, he, did, he did a lot of hard work to get that body. Like, he does. I've done hard work for him. I didn't have. <laughs> he does like some that. crazy Great stuff for... to his body, though. He's proper method bail, is, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He gets exactly right into it. Yeah, he, he really fought for this role, you know. He was like. He was really fought tooth and nail. Like a lot of the other people, he wasn't well known at the time, um, and he was like other people are approaching. Like you, McGregor, even approached, but he convinced you and McGregor not to go for it because they because he wanted it. And I, it's going to be Nat, Leonardo be DiCaprio. Nap. Leonardo DiCaprio was the first choice, apparently. He could have done it good, I think, but but yeah, yeah I don't know. He would have good. The only thing is Leonardo DiCaprio. Is a little bit too likable. Christian Bale is just that like dislikable enough for me to be kind of like I don't know, a little bit scared of him. Leonardo DiCaprio. Especially after hearing his like Terminator Salvation on set rant, you know he's a little bit possibly a little bit unhinged, maybe from starring in this film. Maybe that helped. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And just his voice, like his voiceover stuff in this, I think is some of my favorite parts of the movie. Like when he's just talking about his his morning routine and his, uh, I love that I skincare love that. routine and stuff. Yeah, and that the way that's bookended, like that, and then he, he's got a lot of um, voiceover at the end as well. I think it's I think it's perfect because sometimes voiceover yeah. can get a little bit tedious, can it? In the movie, it can like overwhelm it. things. <laughs> oh I yeah, like I, I love it. But. Um... I think it gives it like a, it gives films like a, a literary quality, which because it's an adaptation it works well. But I was going to say like the the direction, like Mary Harris' direction, or maybe it's the director of photography. I, I don't know, but it seems so well put together, like so professionally done. Like it doesn't seem it seems so assured. Um, I think that's why it's aged so well. Because you watch it, I was kind of shocked that it was two thousand. So in mm. the year two thousand, it seems mm. way. Uh, more recent than that to me. I don't know. Yeah. It just seems really well put together. <clears throat> yeah, um, really well shot, really well edited. They did lots of interesting yeah. things with the edit, apparently. Like uh, William Defoe, his character. They, he's, a great, um, he's got a great character as well. Yeah, she Especially she got him to she got him to uh, perform his scenes three different three different ways. One where he knew that ba- uh, that Bale was oh, okay. guilty. One that he wasn't yeah. sure. Uh, that's cool. yeah. he didn't know. So and then they mix them up in the edit, which is great. Yeah, that's good because that awesome. kind of makes you a little yeah. bit. That increases the tension, I guess. So that mm. scene makes you think. So it's gonna catch him. It's gonna get him. Yeah. Uh, soundtrack's great as well. Like all the choices of songs as well, which sometimes uh, like yeah. there's a really sinister, horrible moment, and it'll just cut to like a uh, cut to like a scene of New of New York and like Walking on Sunshine to be playing. It's um, the music yeah. stuff in in the book. Is all like the, I think he, the I'm pretty sure he talks about music and stuff in the book. He okay. talks about his mute it's a bit like obviously it's supposed to be like a juxtaposition um to his character. Yeah. Um where he just goes, I oh, bloody love Whitney Houston. Yeah. 
Yeah, he like goes a, on about <laughs> a review. He like does like a proper yeah. critics review of the. Of it's the like piece. he he does a critics review just before he's about to do a homicide. Yeah. Yeah. Like it gets him in the mood. I found that like that really creepy though because it's like he's just read a music review, yeah, and then yeah. he's just reciting it as he's remembered yeah. it perfectly, rather than yeah. him, him being. It's like very cold, isn't it? It's, it's just that like... weird dance as well. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's just like before he acts somebody... with Jared Leto, he does that kind of <laughs> shimmy or something. Somebody has... bobbing to hip hip to be square by Huey Lewis. Yeah, yeah. But the music, to... the music is where all the money went, you know. It's only got a seven million dollar budget, and like all the licensing went on the music of the massive songs. No way. Yeah. It was like that so it kind of makes me feel like he's he's got no personality and he's not or he's not human and he doesn't know how to act human. So he's reciting all these pop culture things and all and there's pop culture references. He's put on his skin suit. And uh, he's trying to convince everybody around him that, you know, I'm just no, I'm just a normal guy. That's but, a, uh, a perfect well. introduction to the character when he's he's wearing a face like a skin care face mask. He's like peeling his face away and saying, I'm not this. I'm empty. I'm vacant. I'm not even here. Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, really, really good. Good stuff, man. Um, so that's how the film starts, right? It starts with him talking about his beautification routine is goatier uh, suits or whatever um, yeah his suits collection. his apartment all the trendy restaurants he goes to so he's like it's set in 1987 he's like a yuppie oh, yeah. uh, New, yeah. New York investment bank banker and pretty much everyone he associates with and everyone who's surrounded him is the same sort of person they're all just like these shallow money and how they look driven people um, yeah. and he pretty much hates them all as well like he never tries to even his fiance. Evelyn, uh, who's played by uh, Reese Witherspoon, she's almost like an inconvenience to him. It's like he has to have a fiance or a girlfriend to keep up appearances, but he would rather just not bother with all that stuff. And it does mm-hmm. kind of beg the question, like, well, why is he then? But I guess it's the <laughs> lifestyle he needs to adhere to in order to be able to do his murders. Yeah, there's a bit where his fiance says they're in the taxi and he's listening to like Robert Palmer, like Dead Land. She's like distracting <laughs> yes. him. And uh, he, she says, why, why do you even ha- keep that job? You don't even like it. And he goes, because I want to fit in. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least he says it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, to me, I, I read that as like, he, does he want to, he needs that mask, you know? Because like, of a fate, of a, like a, you know, like a, um, a normal kind of businessman type thing. Or, you know, he wants to, he doesn't want people to know that he's crazy kind of thing. It's, like it's a, almost like if yeah. he just keeps that job and fits in with everybody else and essentially becomes just one of many, where everyone's the same, everyone goes yeah. to the same restaurants, everyone does the same things, he's more likely, and I mean, obviously it is a parody on, on these ideas and it does kind of set it up for that and it is kind of obvious, but that's how, even, even when it comes to the point where he's like... This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because obviously people keep getting his name wrong. He gets other people's name wrong. No one seems to know who everybody is. But even yeah. to the point where he's, when he starts to like confess to his crimes, people are like, what? You're this guy and yeah. you're that guy. What, who? No, but Bateman. It's well, that's why yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting because it's like when they're thinking like people are saying, oh, he gets away with everything. But everyone's confusing everyone for someone else, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So also, that, I was, I mean, I, it was going to come up anyway, but so he, Paul Allen, that's the guy's name. He, he's pretty sure he killed Paul Allen. But I was thinking, was that even Paul Allen? Like he mm. could have confused him with someone else. And Paul Allen was in London. Mm. Um yeah, well, it's, it's, trying make, it's, it's, well, it's, it's trying to make out that that Paul Allen's confusing Bateman for somebody else. But yeah, it's pretty easy to just make that jump now to think, well, what if you were you're confusing Paul Allen? Nobody's who they say they are, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because they're it's all they're all just these suits, um, slick back hair, um, and nice business cards. That's all they are. Did you ever read the book The Psychopath Test by John Ronson? No, I've. It's really I, good. I am aware of it. Yeah, I'm not. So I've not been there. the. the so there's like a a proper test that you can do in Q score so high. It means you're a psychopath. You don't feel empathy for other people. Um, and they're saying um, in the book they go, they point to the fact that people who operate at very high levels in, in Wall Street or businesses tend to be psychopaths. Like they tend to mm. flourish in those kind of worlds. So this film does kind of tap into that. Those people handling all that money, like wealth, investment funds, and, and Wall Street stockbrokers and that kind of thing. A lot of them probably would, I mean, not to this extent, killing people and whatnot, but a lot of them probably would be kind of psychopathic. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. interesting. I, I read that, you know, like the, the beauty re- routine he's got, that's yeah. like inspired like blogs and stuff of how, of how to replicate that routine and like people doing videos. And like, why would you want to be like Patrick <laughs> Bateman in that respect? Like, he has great he... skin. Yeah. He does great skin. <laughs> But like exact, so you're actually copying that exact, like, say, American psycho routine. It's it's kind of creepy, isn't it? People don't <laughs> care. As long as it would, would and then you go out and kill someone. What? You look, you look great. You're glowing. Yeah, fantastic. it's the it's yeah. the Bateman routine. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there isn't much about. There's no no nothing about his past or his upbringing or no origin story of Patrick Bateman at all. But I don't. Do, do you guys really understand like what his end goal is? Whether it's to just keep killing randomly just to satisfy these short-term urges um or is there like a bigger is there something bigger at play because it's i just think tell, he I think. um i think he's trying to i mean it's open to this question isn't it but i i think he's just trying to fit in and succeed within that world 
Um, and he also has these urges to kill, which grow and grow. And I think, I mean, my reading of it is that it, it is all mostly in his head. Um, and those urges are sort of playing out in his imagination. But, yeah, it, I don't know if he has is, any plan. It is very much fantasy, especially towards the end. Some ridiculous stuff happens. I don't know if we, we yeah, I won't talk about it now because we're going to get to it. We're kind of going back and forth a bit, aren't we? Like with the, <laughs> Yeah. But like, it, there are some really fantastical elements towards the end that are fa- definitely fantasy and like from his perspective, like it's definitely a world from his perspective. So I think seeing. there are there are a few happenings throughout the film where you do think, is this really happening or is it real? I mean, it must be real, you know. You kind of feel like that, but then it does get to a point where it cuts off and you go, well, surely it isn't real. But then that begs the question: like, is some of it real? Maybe some of it is, some of it isn't. Mm. It's kind of like it's never sort of a hundred percent clear. I think the movie um, cleverly, like, because when you've got a protagonist like that who's a really nasty guy, I think the movie cleverly like balances him out with like you hate him and then you like him again with comedy because the comedy is like the comic relief makes you like him again <laughs> you'll do some horrible things but then there'll be a comedic scene oh no i'll like you again i'll follow you <laughs> yeah I'll follow what you're doing <laughs> comedic scenes are just like because he's doing or saying something that's so ridiculous in this in the context of the movie you're just like well how is no one calling him out on this or how is he not being picked up to be a nutcase you know mm. That's kind of that. That's what the comedy is for me. Like just the, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. Um, so quite early on, there's the business card bit uh, where they're all in like a little meeting, um, and they're all kind of showing off their business. Uh, I think it's we first introduced Paul Allen here. Paul Allen's I think confuses yeah. Patrick Bateman for someone else. I can't remember who he thinks yeah. he is. I think he calls him something and kind of Paul, um, Patrick, even though I think at some point um, his uh, Reese Witherspoon hears him calling him the wrong name and he kind of like just changes the subject really quickly. Like he can't bring himself to correct him because that would like break this sort of unwritten rule that they've got of, yeah. of kind of respect, but also like hatred for each other, I guess. <laughs> he, likes yeah. the fun of, he likes the fun of like going along with it as well, doesn't he? I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's ending. But that, that's it would be quite like funny. This is like the big scene, isn't it? I think of the movie that everyone remembers and everyone sort of talks about the business card scene. It's it's an interesting one. It's like so it's relatable in a weird way because it's like you you know when you're like in school and like you had to have <laughs> everyone had a particular type of trainers that you had or something or like yeah you used to you like you know like school shoes we used to wear a particular brand kickers remember kickers. Uh, yeah. yeah and everyone wore the school uh, and like and like you you come oh i've got a, a new pair of like kickers and like someone would say oh that's not quite the newest pair though is it <laughs> like the last like one and then you see someone rolls into school and they've got the latest pair and like everyone's like oh, oh, bets oh are amazing and like it reverted it reverts back to that kind of schoolyard kind of it's it's like yeah. ridiculous like bigger than your all the cards <laughs> It's ridiculous because all the cards are pretty much they look so similar, identical, they? <laughs> look so similar. But when you look at one and you look at another, you go, "Oh no, not that one!" <laughs> like you kind of, like, you kind of do understand that ridiculous yeah. pernickety, like all in the small details of that font. The kernel on that font is kind of off. Gold yeah. leaf, oh, perfect. But I think we get the impression that everyone's kind of playing that one upmanship, but Patrick starts to like sweat, like because his mm. isn't the best anymore. Like he's physically started to like get 
uncomfortable about it. Because that um, one-upmanship for him is like the the very politics of his existence. Like, yeah. being the the biggest, the baddest, the best is something that he like strives for. So as soon as someone struts in with a slightly better business card for him, he's like, oh my god, I look like an absolute idiot. Maybe yeah. maybe that dials into his fear of like that mask, that mask, the metaphorical mask he discusses at the start. Maybe it bleeds into that actually slipping and he's kind of worried about they're going to see me for a fraud if they think my business card's a load of shit. <laughs> they've, got yeah. those, got like, they've got those like snazzy metal cases, haven't they? And oh, the sound design that's... makes them kind of go... When they yeah. open them, it's like yeah. it's like t- taking like a sword out of a sheath or something, isn't it? It's like it's really cool. Like everything Especially, plays a part in that scene. It's just it it's is just really basically good. just a dick swinging contest, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah, that yeah. is all it is. <laughs> um, so I think it, around here he's on his way home, and he kills a homeless man and a homeless man's dog, right? Well, that's because yeah. of the rage from the business card scene. Is that isn't what it? it oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but earlier on in the movie, he's talking about, in front of his friends, he's talking about how we should really care about the homeless. <laughs> like, oh, when, yeah. When he's saying oh, yeah, exactly he, he reels out like a whole world, list like, of like... the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is just like narcissism at its... Like, but, I, but everyone else I, has I, to say, oh, you're so... That's so thoughtful. Just because yeah. you can't... They can't say... It's not like it, that wouldn't keep up with parents. I feel, I honestly feel like I could really connect to this. I feel like I know people like this who, on their, I'm not going to call anyone out by name, but <laughs> on their social media, they're all like, oh, come on, guys, we've got to be so understanding of social injustice and all these things. But then I think, I know you in real life, and I've heard you say some awful shit. <laughs> but, yeah, but on totally. social media people Everyone are commenting like that yeah people are commenting on social media going you're so right can i share this can you make it shareable because i want to i want to share this i'll go ahead and i just think oh my god and i could really understand that then that kind of like added to my like disenchantment for the whole thing i was just like oh patrick you're letting yeah. yourself down here yeah Say, what saying you, what he wants people to hear i guess what do you guys uh, think about the, the homeless stabbing <laughs> It's, that is a horrible scene. I, I think it makes yeah, it feel it's sick. Gruesome. It's like it, it's horrible. Um, I mean, it, it's horrible, and it gets worse when he like stomps the dog. Like, yeah. He, but I mean, he is not a human being. Like I think it just drills home that point that like he's a psychopathic monster. Like mm. he just he doesn't feel empathy in the, in the way normal people do. But it is it is weird because he he kind of feigns concern. For the uh, homeless person before he stabs him, I think he looks yeah. like a briefcase. It's like he's going to get him some snacks out. <laughs> do you think that's part of his his, his routine, or do you think that yeah. he, at, at first he's thinking he just wants to talk to him, or like not in a normal way, and then he kind oh, of okay. yeah, he, yeah. I think I don't he's know. kind of like it's like this predatory thing he's got where he kind of feigns um, this care so he can get close to them, so he can get mm. close enough to like sink his fangs in. Um, and that's kind of what he does with with women throughout it as well. Yeah. Uh, the book has got some really like it's weird because like some of the book is just const- like pages and pages and pages of, of the most like descriptive, violent, disgusting, horrible stuff. And then you turn the next page and like he's going for dinner with somebody. You know, it's just like it's almost like this film does that a little bit. Um, yeah. But obviously, it's far far less intense yeah because as i said earlier about like um 
the the contrasts like of making you like him again because this this is like a horrible scene you you hate like Bateman at this point but then the whole Paul you don't really like Paul Allen do you and like it <laughs> no. builds up to the murder of Paul Allen that the hip to this hip to be square murdering Paul Allen makes you love Bateman again doesn't it it's yeah. like you think you th- you're just having a great time at that point so I you think forget you hate- about the homeless stabbing by that point. He did what? He murdered who? Not interested. It's like because Paul Allen got his name wrong, you're kind of in the headspace of Bateman by thinking, oh, he got my name wrong. So he's clearly a self-involved idiot. So he deserves to get an axe to his face when really we're not actually thinking about the fact that maybe Bateman's even getting him wrong. Does he even say at any point Paul Allen to him? I don't even know. I don't know. Uh, Plus um, Paul Allen is like getting table bookings at um like oh, casually getting table bookings at that what's it called like like Dorsier. Dorsier, yeah. that's the one um and he he might be faking that as well in the same way that patrick bateman or do they, where do they go they time. go to like chiquitos or something it looks like a chiquitos yeah <laughs> he deliberately goes there because no none of his friends will be there and he won't see them because he's kind of grooming him to kill him isn't he like in yeah, a weird way. Yeah. so no one's there and he's getting him drunk so he can get him back to the, his apartment. And he's he's like he's Paul Allen's like totally out of it, like like this. Like, he's like you've got you, what are newspapers doing on the floor? Have you got a dog? Is that a raincoat? <laughs> like yeah. he doesn't make the connection at any point that I might be in trouble here. He just thinks, oh, I suppose you wouldn't, would you? Yeah, and he's doing his review of like. Uh, Hip to be, the album with Hip to Be Square on it. It's like I think it's called Sports or something by Huey Lewis yeah. in the news. And yeah. he's like he's doing a review, like a, it's because it's the most poppiest album, and he's loving it. He like, right earlier where swings was... the axe. <laughs> he does. Oh, scream. and then he lets out his, his aggression, like he says, I, "What did he say? Like you get my name wrong now, or, or something yeah. like that?" As he's ripping the axe out of his face. Yeah, it's is is like um, his mask that he wears in, in every day is, is not there's not too f- far a distance between that and it's like utter raging it's murder, easy to make murder. that jump almost like uh you remember when bruce banner in the avengers says i'm always angry and he immediately switches to the hulk like that i'm always it's like you think people. he's un- is in control of it but <laughs> what's that <laughs> he's like always murdering people in his head yeah. i'm always murdering people in my head so he can make that switch instantly and almost like he kind of calms down, takes off the raincoat, sits down. There. I'm out. I, I wouldn't take off the raincoat straight away. He's already got blood on his face. We could drip down onto his... But then he doesn't care about taking bloodstained things to a uh, dry cleaners, does he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. cranberry sauce. <laughs> it's just cranberry juice. Spilled, spilled some cranberry juice in my bed. Uh, yeah, and this is. I think this is the first moment where you think, surely this can't be real because he drags... Paul Allen's body, like in a massive bag, past the like guard of his building, like with a big blood streak, mm. and then chucks it in the boot of his. It's not his car, <laughs> is it? It's just a cab, isn't it? It's a cab. And then his friends come past, yeah, and uh, they he's putting his body in the back in the trunk, and like one of them says, like, "Where did you get that overnight bag?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That guy <laughs> is Lewis. Yeah, he answers him as well, and he does answer him. He don't yeah. Give him yeah, that was actually a Jean-Paul Gaultier bag as well. <laughs> <Was it? laughs> he says, I like it how the guy goes, 
is that you, Patrick? And he goes, no, it's not. <laughs> he just says, no, it's not. No, you're thinking he got... Oh. Yeah. Uh, so that was Lewis, who is a kind of strange guy who seems to like uh, Patrick. The next day, or something around there, he, he, Lewis has a new business card, and it's the best one yet. It's in a different colour font. The font's like brown or something. <laughs> It looked um, like it had a bit of gold leaf going on. And right, to be fair, yeah. I, felt, I felt a bit jealous of that business card in that moment. You're sweating. Ben, are you okay? Just Sweat bullets. <laughs> Is this one where he goes like, it even had a watermark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes into the bathroom to kill him. I think most of the stuff is in his head. I think this actually happens. He goes mm. into the bathroom and it's like his fantasy is, is coming out to a certain degree. Something's coming out. And um, he he goes to strangle him from behind, uh, but then Lewis like kisses his hand. He says, "I've seen you looking at me. I'm looking at you too, and whatever." Uh, and then Patrick wilts. Bateman's like kind of disgusted at this point, but then again, that macho alpha male sort of thing is something that he's continually trying to to sort of keep keep for everybody else to see um mm. yeah so yeah he does kind of panic i thought he was maybe still gonna kill him but he didn't did he uh so yeah we, we didn't mention the fact that he tries to cover up alan's alan's disappearance or so he goes oh to the yeah. Apartment, yeah um he packs a load of his clothes takes them and then he leaves like a answer phone message which he doesn't really try to do a voice or anything does he, he kind no. of just goes I'm going to London. Just to... <laughs> it's his regular voice, pretty much. It's just it? his regular voice, yeah. Hi, this is Patrick Baby. I mean, it's Paul Allen. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck, delete. Uh, Around about this business. point in the movie as well, there's a bit where he's in his office and he's listening to Lady in Red by yeah. Chris Berg and he's totally absorbing Lady yeah. in Red. Like, he's totally immersed. He's, he's like, face is like going like, yeah, he's just like yeah. really like in that world of Lady in Red, and it's so like sickening. We've all been there. We've <laughs> all been there. Yeah. So, yeah, like around about this time, like the day, I think it is the couple of days later, I think, is when a private detective, Donald Kimball, played by Willem Dafoe, turns up. He's been hired by Paul Allen's girlfriend. Is that right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's a is he a PI? He's a PI. Yeah. Okay. So I think he like is a former police officer. Is that right? I think he mentions that at some point. But yeah. it's it's a really weird the way he's kind of questioning. I mean, what you said just now, Ed, kind of makes sense. The fact that sometimes he questions things like he kind of suspects Bateman, and other yeah. times he says things he doesn't seem like he suspects him at all, and it does kind of switch line by line. Sometimes he's like quite pally with him, and it's almost yeah. like yeah, wants to be his mate. It was a clever him. choice, I think, to get him to do the, the scenes three different ways. Because, mm. um, it, it, yeah, where the audience are totally confused about it. In, in some scenes, I think, oh, he definitely knows. He knows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, does he, though? And later on, you're kind of like, it's, it's great. It keeps you guessing. I like yeah. the way he kind of is quite Columbo, some of the things he does, where he's like, where were you this day? And he sort of says, he goes, oh, really? I've got, I've got something different. Gets out his little note. I think note you're misremembering or something like yeah. that. Yeah, he makes I people like squirm. Yeah. Good style, good style. Yeah, because he gets um, Huey Lewis out, doesn't he? He, he, yeah. he gets oh, like yeah. the CD out and like as if he knows he he was listening to that music when he killed Paul. Why does Patrick <laughs> when he says I've got this new album, Huey, Huey Lewis, in the news says, "Do you like them?" And then he says, "No, I don't listen to music with 
with vocals or something. Like it's almost like he's disgusted. Oh, he says something really racist, black. doesn't he? He says he's like black music. Yeah, Huey, Huey's too black sounding for me because he's Absolutely, a white yeah. guy. He thinks he sounds black. Yeah. Yeah. So. He's just trying yeah. to distance himself, isn't he? Okay. In, yeah. in as extreme a way as possible, so that he's not connected to that murder in any way, even like a minimal yeah. way. It's like what music was playing. He's trying to just disconnect from that. Yeah. <clears throat> it must be really painful for him because he really loves you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His leg starts tapping under the table. He's like, no, don't even pretend you like it. That's I can't do it. I love him. Walks away. <laughs> I love him, and I kill Paul Allen, right? I kick him. Oh, I'm um, going cuffs, but come on. We didn't, we didn't mention the the, um, the scene with the two prostitutes. I think that's which is... next. I think that happens next. Okay. Um, so he picks up a, a a hooker, I believe is a street term. I wouldn't know. And <laughs> a lady doth protest too much, Luke. And he's like, he, he says, "You are Christina. I'm Paul Allen." And he picks someone else, or gets someone else who's not. not yeah, he's like completely like controlled of every single element. Yeah. Um, and initially, he... I was like, "Oh, he's getting somebody from the street because he wants to like not have any connection to you know or any any paper trail or you know communication trail." But then he also seems to get uh, like a high class escort as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird. It's a weird scenario. Uh, he's like filming it, and when they're doing the sex stuff, he's only really bothered about himself. <laughs> yeah, himself. <laughs> this there is was a... a funny line that I probably may not say here, but it's about eating bums. <laughs> 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 they're really shocked. Don't just look at it, eat it. Yeah. <laughs> this is the iconic. Uh, do, do you like Phil Collins? It's that scene, isn't it? <laughs> He turns yeah. like he puts Phil Collins on to to have sex like you see sex music Phil Collins <laughs> like and, but he, like when he turns it on Bale's performance in that scene is absolutely hilarious because as he turns around like to camera almost like he's asking the, the audience if they like Phil Collins but he's got a massive grin while he's saying the line and he's like he's asking the audience well I, I don't know I like some of his albums you kind of want to answer it <laughs> I didn't like Genesis they're a bit too artsy for me but in their latest album Phil Collins really came into his own they're so like awkward from it aren't they they're just like oh god <laughs> so I didn't there's a scene at the very like it seems like all, all of the board he pays them but then there's a bit at the end he goes to draw and gets out a coat hanger and you never see what he does with it the next scene when he drops off the woman, they look suddenly they were like quite calm and 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 seemed to be cared for to some degree. But then one of them's got a bloody nose for some reason. Oh, when yeah. he drops yeah, you just don't see that, but he obviously did some nasty stuff to him and just then just let him go. Um, yeah, yeah, because when he tries to pick up um, the girl he names Christy again later, the the prostitute when he goes on the street to find her again, she tells him that she had to go to the emergency room after last time, and he's like, it's not going to be like last time. It's yeah. like, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, if yes, anything, yeah. they got off lightly on this occasion. Well, if he, I mean, maybe if the killing part is in his head, like maybe he's still sort of being yeah, abusive yeah. Uh, in, in real life. I don't know. I mean, it was that fine line that you never really know what's in his head and what's real. But mm. yeah, that kind of shook me a little bit. Just the cut, just the cut. They seem quite calm and nice. And then he goes to a drawer, pulls out a coat hanger, and then he drops them off, and their energy that is like drawer looks changed. so like 
It's Mandarin. Horrible. Batteries. And... <laughs> you, dead you think about all the all the cold, <laughs> clean surfaces of his apartment, and mm, this drawer yeah. just looks like like you put your hand in there, you'd need a tetanus like injection because it just yeah. looks like there's so many horrible rusty blades and disgusting tools and that it's almost like his secret don't look in that drawer please like his alan partridge drawer from when alan's alan lives in the uh <laughs> in the hotel yeah. don't look in there yeah everything's immaculate because like even in these like um his office when when william defoe earlier was kind of like he, he's asking do you want a mil- mineral water have, have water like that. and he's i don't want to think he gets the assistant to bring in the water she's about to put it on the desk and he quickly like as fast as anything puts a coaster under it like yeah like really but yeah. well, i was right with him with him there actually i hate i've got to, i've got to have a coaster down. yeah the most annoying thing right is when you give someone a drink and there's a coaster there and they put the drink down next to the coaster not actually on the coaster what is there it's right there <laughs> on the coaster i i yeah. think i might be guilty of that i do it and then i realize i've done it and i go what am i doing what am i doing with my life <laughs> coaster's right there i need to introduce coasters into my life i'm not they're not present Overrate, at the minute overrated yeah. i'd say sorry Ed. sorry we've sir. got back we've got two i've got two i can see two right from where i'm now <laughs> <laughs> and i've got two in my office i've got two in the living room there's two yeah. in the bedroom the situation on our hands here oh god got to return some videotape he does something similar with his um receptionist when she comes to his um when she comes to his apartment a little bit later, he gives her some ice cream. No, it's not ice cream, is it? It's like sorbet. A... Sorbet. sorbet, yeah, sorbet. sorry. And she yeah. goes to put the spoon down on the table and he goes, put the spoon back in the I car. mean, that makes more sense to me. Like, yeah. just put it in the tub. If you've licked it clean now, it's fine, isn't it? You can go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> this is around about the time, uh, this time of the movie, he starts saying, um, I have to return some videotapes. And that becomes like an iconic line that he says. Yeah, I think he says it from this sort of point onwards, and he says it a few times. And it's like he's getting a bit more sloppy, and he's kind of can't think of a good alibi of a like, yeah. situation. And he kind of just says that to everyone. <laughs> like, oh. It's a good excuse because I think everyone goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's probably best. You don't want late fees." Everyone <laughs> understands. It's almost like when the excuse no one questions is when you like say, oh, "I had a bit of diarrhea." You go, "Okay, fair enough. See you later. Go, go, <laughs> go, go. Whatever you got to do." That's his <laughs> version of that. Yeah. Also some videotapes. We do see the kind of videos he's watching, so it looks like it's either porn or horror movies. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit where he's like frantically doing stomach crunches while Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> is on in the background. That's a really good image, actually. That's yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, and then he's like scene... talking. He's talking to his um, fiance as well while porn's on quite loud, oh, yeah. like in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way him. that's his background viewing. Like he's not even <laughs> watching it. He's just like <laughs> he looks up and goes, "Yeah, fair enough." The scene with his uh, receptionist, when she's—it's like they're going to go on a date. But I think he's thinking, "I'm going to kill you." She's thinking, "I'm going to get to go on a date with Patrick Bateman." Um, and he's—they're having like—it's really palpable that they're, they're having kind of two conversations. He's saying, "I think you should leave because I, I might hurt you." She's thinking that he yeah. means like emotionally. Um, and I think even he holds up a nail gun to her head at one yeah. point, which is when she's sucking on the sorbet. Um, well, and... she turned around at that moment. What, like, what would you say if he's decided I'm not going to kill her? And then she just turns around. So it's a nerf gun. <laughs> a nerf gun. <laughs> I'll prove it. 
<laughs> because she's like such an innocent character, though, having him not kill her allows the audience to still like Bateman because it's like if he killed her, you'd really hate him, wouldn't he? Because she's such a, she's a lamb to the slaughter, isn't she? She's really sort of fragile yeah. character. And yeah. it's good that he doesn't kill her, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm. I think from here on, things get a bit mental, right? So he, he goes back, to, he gets goes to Christy again. So it won't be like last time. And then he goes to, he goes to Paul Allen's apartment. And there's a woman uh, there, an ex-girlfriend or something, the one we read, I don't understand what. It's kind of like an ex-girlfriend, like an ex, like, fling or someone he kind of knew before. Because he kind of starts saying sexual things and she's a bit like, oh, don't be crude or something. So it's almost like they haven't got like that sexual past or anything. It's almost like just somebody that he's decided. Um, I think just before this, he meets Kimball, meets Bateman again and takes him for lunch and says, you're not under suspicion in Alan's disappearance, which is a nice thing to hear, right? Well, I'd be like, all right, don't just leave me alone then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you could tell, but I think you can tell that he's suspicious. And I think he even says that a colleague of Bateman's has seen Paul Allen in London, which is bringing the entire investigation under question. Mm. Yeah. This, this, I found this bit quite disturbing. So he's having a threesome with Christy and the girl again. Uh, they're under the covers, him and this other girl. And then there's, there's like blood on the sheets for some reason. Mm. I, it doesn't really tell you anything about what's going on. Like it's Fighting just quite dis- something, isn't he? He's yeah. got it all over his face, and because I think before whoever he's with, uh, is it is her name Elizabeth? I think the the redhead yeah. woman. Yeah. I think he's 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 going down on her, but then, and she seems to be enjoying it, and then obviously he gets <laughs> and then he goes to like stabbing away. Thing. He goes yeah. from like yeah, he goes into like stabbing because and then like um the other the prostitute is kind of mm. observing observing from outside like like and she kind of starts running, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. she's gonna, she's gonna, because she's been paid half, and she's got that check. I think her plan is to just, whilst they're just busy, go. just leg Don't it. Blame yeah. Why does he get her to dress in like long gloves and like a chiffon scarf <laughs> at some point? Oh, to make it look less like a prostitute, right? To make it look more like a French. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to look more French. Oh, no. He just wants them both to be more like both high so- high society kind of women, yeah. doesn't he? Like a match. Yeah. And this is like a take two of like earlier, isn't it? Because it's like there's two girls again, like in the same one of them's the same prostitute. Um. Maybe he couldn't get back the escort from before because obviously she was like, "No fucking thank you." Yeah. 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 Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, he didn't get this one properly. Um, yeah, but this is like complete flight of fancy now, right? The chainsaw comes out. Yeah, bodies it, everywhere. It, it's got it's got to be because you know when Christie's running around the, the apartment and finding all these bodies, um, but she's running around banging on the doors of the other apartments on the same floor. Like the fact that no one is sort of alerted to that, or the fact that he's running around with a chainsaw and his little sneakers on. Uh, the, yeah. the fact that the fact that nobody comes out, you kind of you must know this at this point must be fantasy because surely someone yeah. would. Yeah, it's like it's in you're in sort of like David Lynch kind of fantasy kind of weird world by that point, aren't you? Like where it's just it's all just his kind of like dream world because it's like interesting because he's watching Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre earlier and you, the audience sees that and yeah. then later on he's kind of acting out that fantasy, isn't he? Yeah, mm. and also he managed to, to like drop 
a chainsaw on her, like bang, yeah. bang on, doesn't he? Like, yeah, which is like ludicrous. The <laughs> yeah, it's a good. It is a good shot. Uh, at this point, he's kind of like he's kind of like in proper rage mode as well. He's kind of like screeching and ro- oh, yeah, roaring yeah. almost and laughing. Yeah, it's pretty scary because he's got like a really. Christian Bell, something about his mouth, which I find quite scary in this film. Like it just goes from like just being—it's just so emotive. You can just see so many different emotions from just all this crazy stuff he's doing with his mouth. And it actually made me think in this particular moment that he would probably have been a good Joker. Mm. Ah, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. Did you the know the Batman who laughs? Is did that, you, that's what did you know that? Um... Hey, they should do the Batman who laughs in a DC. Extended universe film and yeah. have him play him. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you know that everyone thought Bell was American on set? His accent is pretty really? spot on from what I can tell. He was doing the American accent when they weren't filming. Oh, okay. uh, that sounds like him. And like, <laughs> Classic. Classic. when in the after party, he went to his normal British voice and they all thought that he was doing that for a, a new role that he was okay. doing. <laughs> his normal voice. His normal voice is quite a strong like English accent as well, right? Yeah, it's so. a regular British, like London accent, isn't it? I don't yeah. even reckon he knows because I think is he well I think he's Welsh, isn't he? Is he Welsh? Because um, in that Terminator Salvation thing, I don't know if because he was in character again, but he's even when he's like losing his temper and shouting at the lighting assistant or something, he's like he's shouting in American. So I'm like, does he even know what accent he's got? He just I doesn't think... know who he is anymore. I think because he's a method actor, I think he just stays in character, like, he, like throughout yeah, yeah. the entire production. Yeah. Mm. That's cool. I like that. Oh, my God. Now I'm thinking about it, looking at this picture. You know that it's quite a famous picture is him. He's, like, really wide-eyed. He's, like, yeah. just, like laughing with blood on his face. Yeah. That's the Batman who laughs. That mm-hmm. yeah. worked perfectly. You've got, like, yeah. somebody... That, like, he would make a great Joker. Willem Dafoe would have made a great Joker. At pretty much any point in his career, yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, that's it. That's all the examples I've got for this movie for good jokers. Reese Witherspoon, sure she'd give it a crack. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he breaks it up with Reese Witherspoon in the next scene. I think uh, he breaks up yeah. the engagement. I don't know why. Sad enough. <laughs> Sad up to here. Yeah. Um, and that kind of sends him over the edge because then he starts seeing like the ATM machine is telling him to feed it a stray cat. Yeah, um, yeah. starts shoot. He, he gets into a gunfight with some policemen and like shoots them and then blows up the car. Like he just gets yeah. more and more ludicrous. That is uh, amazing. It's pure. <laughs> like, yeah, the car is like made of dynamite, isn't it? It's yeah, like it's funny because he looks amazed as well. Like he's yeah. amazed at his own fantasy. <laughs> Yeah, he looks at he looks at the gun as if like, what the hell is this gun? Where did I get this from? Yeah, and he just says he's he's totally lost it now. He's running down the street, just shooting everyone, isn't he? And shooting like shooting at cops, shooting at people in hotels. Yeah, uh, and then he think I think he thinks the you know the game is up, so he goes to his office. Um, then he, he enters the wrong building first, doesn't he? He shoots a security guard and a janitor. Yeah. Uh, and then when he gets to his office, he calls his lawyer and basically leaves a massive, long confession where he's just saying everything he's been doing. And at least he kind of like seems to understand 
the severity of the stuff he's been doing because never at one point before this as he seemed to understand but now he's like i've killed so many people and i don't think i'm gonna get away with it this he time says 20 40 <laughs> like he just yeah. like doubles yeah he has no idea it's before like Bale's performance in that seems really good actually. There's a, a range of emotions, and he, he seems remorseful, which is great. It's the only point where he seems like because when he says that he even like ate some of the people, like he ate some of their like flesh and stuff, yeah. and ate some of their brains. That was it. Oh yeah, and, yeah uh, the reveal. He feels he feels he, he's like he looks like he does like a face, like he's gonna be sick a little bit. The, the thought of just saying that. Uh, and it's yeah. quite an interesting, remorseful kind of moment that he has. It's all of, it's, I'm pretty sure it's one take as well, isn't it? Like his whole confession. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was impressed by that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next day, he's at that pub, that gentleman's club, wherever they go to. Um, and he get, he finds the lawyer. When he goes to, um, he goes to Alan's apartment first, doesn't he, to... Uh, a potential oh, yeah. clean, clean up me. clean up everything he's been doing like bodies and everything yeah. he goes there even puts a little mask on expecting it to just absolutely stink of rotten flesh but no mm, yeah empty. it's empty and even even there's like a, a woman showing some potential tenants or buyers around that's um, a really weird scene because she says did you see the ad in the um in the in New the York Times. Times, and he says yeah. no, yeah, yeah, and he says I didn't put another in the New York Times. You should leave. She seems like creeped out by him, but he can't kill. He can't be the killer who's been putting people there and, and whatever. So what the hell has he been doing there that would have her know about his him? Like what has he been up to? What I'd love like, to we just see. Don't know. What I'd love to see is a scene like in Fight Club when we when the reveal of um um what's his name Tyler. Durden. Where's like beating himself up and stuff. Where he's beating himself up, but we see a reveal of that. A CCTV footage of him like running up and down the things. So maybe he's not got a chainsaw. Yeah. Maybe he's got like a leaf blower or something. <laughs> 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 and he's just chasing like nobody. That would be quite funny. Probably really. Yeah. The thing know. is though, because that building, right, is a desirable place to live. Would they want the scandal of that murder in that kind of like in that I don't place? They would have covered it up there, would they? I, know, I don't know. It's a bit. I mean, yeah. I think... but it is a fantasy kind of world, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. me, it does sort of just say, "Well, he can't have killed anybody there." Then that' what it says to me. And it also yeah. poses loads of other questions. Where like, was there even anybody living there? Was Paul Allen even real? <laughs> you know, it just poses so many questions just in that one instance, and you're kind of confused, just as confused as Patrick is because he's just like, "Oh, Jesus Christ." Yeah. Mm. Um. So. Uh. Yes. Yeah, so the lawyer. Yes. Yeah, so the lawyer says, "Is a good joke." He see, He says he's, he calls him a different name, not Bateman. Oh, throughout the film, people keep saying that dork Patrick Bateman, as yeah. if he's like some other guy we I'm we Patrick haven't Bateman. seen yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the lawyer says it's a good joke. Uh. But you're freaking me out. I I had dinner with Paul Allen in london a few days ago um yeah so then he sits back down with his friends um and i don't i'll be honest i feel like there's some deeper theme thematic thing conclusion happening here that i'm just not understanding properly yet other than the fact that i think he wants to be caught and he wants to be uh tried and tested as a human being and not a psychopath and like and be convicted 
and it doesn't like he's ever going to get that um, because it's all in his head. But it's like a inner hell that he's sort of trapped in. But I feel like I'm missing some key part of it. Um, so I, I need to watch it again, mm. uh, which is which is why I really enjoyed watching this this time round. I felt like there's a there's quite a, a meaty thematic thing happening in this uh, in this film that I'd love to maybe even read the book, but I don't know if I want to read pages and pages of uh, of murders. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Well, the director Mary Harron says that the whole film's a satire on toxic masculinity, and that yeah. she saw Bateman as a kind of buffoon. The one thing you couldn't do was think Bateman was in any way cool. Wait to um, see some of the letterbox reviews because they <laughs> they misunderstood <laughs> that completely. One guy was yeah. like. This is just a toxic masculinity fantasy. I don't understand why why you, you could just justify this. And he hadn't. This guy had no idea. Patrick Bateman is not the hero of the story. <laughs> at what point is, is it's not fucking Power Rangers? No one's looking at that and thinking, "Oh yeah, can't wait to be Patrick Bateman." No kids are watching that and playing Patrick Bateman. Patrick at Bateman, I'll be time. the killer. <laughs> I'll Do be the think... one where he's just a lawyer. Do you think all those people who misinterpret it is like they're kind of like because the branding, the, the marketing might have marketed it as like a slasher movie? It's not really a slasher movie, is it? Um, and you kind of get people who want Meta the slasher, slasher simple slasher movie. Yeah, um, they might have kind of not got what they intended. <laughs> well, I think right. when I watched it years and years ago, I mean, it must have been quite early on. I mean, I, I would have been like 15. I think I was expecting it to be a sort of slashery thing, and I don't think I really took in what it what it was. It's only yeah. now that I'm an old git that I kind of appreciate it for for what it is a bit more. Yeah, but like as I said, like um, watching it now, like post, like sort of like the Me Too movement and stuff, it's kind yeah, of got an yeah. extra, you know, it's really poignant, and it's like especially having like a dark sort of fantasy of of that kind of environment where these psychos are among us and they can do what they want and they will will kind of get away with it Um, yeah it it almost yeah i think i agree with that and it also i think it acts as a social critique but also like a critique of the classes as well where it's Mm. almost like if you're rich good looking um and you've got you know obviously all of these peers um friends in high places Mm. obviously maybe not to this degree but essentially, you can do what you want and get away with it because there's going to be someone somewhere who's going to bail you out. And maybe you're not even going to be held accountable for some of these things because you've lived such a privileged life that being held accountable doesn't quite compute with you and your social circles. That's what, something that I kind of took away from it. Yeah, well. definitely like a dark sort of fantastical version of that kind yeah. of world, you know. Yeah, not, not mm. on the nose, but yeah, definitely a version of that. Mm. Um, sort yeah. of a parody a parody of that in a way uh, well, it's definitely satire isn't it yeah as, as the description it, said yeah it ends with Patrick Bateman saying uh, there's no catharsis something like that it's, this confession has meant nothing so he's just going to go on killing people in his head or whatever um, I've got a bit of name game if you guys are up for a bit of name game okay oh yes <laughs> oh yes we've, we've played it before right Ed uh, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to describe a film that's similar to American Psycho, and you have to tell me what the film's called, and it will rhyme with American Psycho. Right. Okay. Uh, so the first one, actually, you might struggle with this one because it's a callback to last week. Ben, <laughs> Patrick Bateman sings songs about videotapes. He needs to return. 
it's a call back to last week. I've, I mean, I've forgotten yesterday. <laughs> not, not just last week. <laughs> I've forgotten yesterday. Patrick Bateman, what sings? Patrick Bateman sings songs about videotapes. Needs to return. Uh, oh God. Someone <laughs> to do? Is someone to do a blockbuster? American haiku. Oh no! That was the one bit. That bit last. That what bit last week? I completely zoned out of, and I don't think I've ever officially zoned back in, Luke. So I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, number two. This is this is a more regular one. Patrick. So it's a film. uh, Works. It's about a guy called Patrick Bateman. He's an investment banker, but he has to hide his double life as a female singer with blonde hair in the latest Eminem song, Stan. American Dido. American Dido. Um, this one <laughs> might be <laughs> offensive. I'm not too sure. It's basically a similar film, really. It's it's a um it's about it's basically American Psycho, but um Samuel L. Jackson plays the main character. And he's got an afro. And he's called Shaktrick Bateman. Shaktrick <laughs> <laughs> Bateman. I must have guessed the name of the film. Yeah, yeah. American. <laughs> What's a famous line from Shaq? What can I even think of that? Is it something like that? No. <laughs> huh? No. No, it's not that clever. No. Oh. <laughs> American. Oh, you're gonna have to tell me. Ed, you go on. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure, mate. Afro-American psycho. Oh, uh. <laughs> oh right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. This one's easy. You definitely get this one. So it's a film I watched. It's about an investment bonker called Patrick Buterman. He hides his double life as a serious collar. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing, so it must be a good one. It's so dumb. Why can't so I get dumb. these today? My brain is frazzled. My brain. This is quite is difficult. Frazzled. This is a brain, brain twister. Let... <laughs> Ed, you're going to take the lead on this one. I'm not sure. I'm not good at questions. I don't remember what I was like on your quiz. Jesus. <laughs> I'll just give, give you the, the, the lead a bit, a bit again. So it's about an investment bonker called Patrick Buterman hides his double life as a serious collar. Ah, oh, it's dude from Phone Jacker. No. No? <laughs> oh, he speaks like that. You have to give it to us, Luke. American typo. Right, this next one is... <laughs> <laughs> this next one is um, um, one. I'm going to have to hold your hand for this one uh, so this is a, it's a film it's a, it's, a, it's a TV show about a berry flan a berry flavoured flan <laughs> and it's not the main show <laughs> it's the one on the side so just to clear TV show about a berry flan but not the main TV show it's one on the side the American <laughs> let me say it again a berry flan, and it's not the main TV show, it's the sideshow. Uh, berry flan sideshow? Yeah. <laughs> My God. I've been, re- like been reaching a bit there. Um, but I very Reach. much recommend that people watch Afro American Psycho with Shaq Creek Bateman. Have, have yeah. you guys seen American Psycho 2 with Mila Kunis? No, I've 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 avoided that one. That's the kind of film where I think they just 
they were trying to make something else and then they just put American Psycho 2 on it, like in post-production, like, just, oh, we'll call it that because that's got some weight behind it, American it's Psycho. Like, it's almost like what many people probably assumed American Psycho to have been and right. it wasn't. So then they've gone, well, then we'll make that film, but then put a two on it and make the killer female. Mm. I mean, so I've, never, seen I've, it then. I've not seen it now. I'm no. just from what I've been reading about it. Um, so, yeah, not seen it, but there we go. Okay. Uh, so we need to rate the film. I think just speaking about it, my rating's going to go up. Um, yeah. It's pretty high anyway, but I think it's a really solid film. Mm. Just like it's so well, it's very well considered. Like it all seems to be very well placed. There's nothing, doesn't seem to be any accidents, um, which I enjoy in it. So I'm going to, I'll just show I'm going to give it an A minus. Go right oh, up there. Yeah. Very, very nice. I like it. Um, I might go just a tiny bit higher because, as I said, what you said at the start of the show, Ed, was that this shows uh, this film has aged really well. Uh, and I think I agree. Like, the fact that watching it again is just... It's sort of... Pop culture has really adopted it as something that like a lot of people love. Not just a character... Patrick Bateman because obviously yeah probably idolizing him isn't the right thing to do but just the movie and the kind of ridiculousness of it um and the iconic lines and the iconic moments and stuff it's really made me appreciate it even more um so I think I'd go for an A mm, nice. nice I think I'll join you on the A Ben join me for an A <laughs> <laughs> I give it a golden A um yeah it's it, it definitely it's got better 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 and better with age um and I, I love the 80s as well although i don't like yuppie 80s i don't like i really like i don't yeah. like that sort of mtv generation of kind of like let's just consume everything like be like you know be rich and amazing and, and everything else is kind of like, like blank check yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um i i do really love the movie and that it's gonna have to be an a yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Uh, so next week, uh, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> what are we do, doing, Ben? We're going to do the mummy next week. So Andy's back with us to do the mummy. We wanted to do all of the like, Universal monster movies. Yeah. Uh, and we've done a few, but I think there are a few glaring omissions. One of which is the mummy. So we're going to do that one, not the Tom Cruise, the mummy. Because, I mean, who wants that? I mean, I'd love to do the Brendan Fraser one. But, uh... <laughs> the original one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing the 1930s. It's been a long time since we've gone all the way back to, like, the 30s. But we are going to. Yeah, it's been a long, long time. Um, almost 90 years. I <laughs> wouldn't mind doing the Brendan Fraser one. I yeah. I found that quite, not scary, but it was quite chilling when I was a kid. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that one on next week's episode. So, uh, yeah. Cool. All that. right. Um, Ed, Harvey Retro, even. Mm. Where can people follow you online? Where would you like to direct people? Uh, well, I'm most active on Instagram. Um, that's Harvey underscore Retro. Uh, and I've got a link tree in my bio uh, on my Instagram. And it's literally, if you click on the link tree, it's got a link to the Enigmatic Productions website. It's got the Discord there. It's got the Trash Tapes 
page uh, on the website. All the things I, I do are linked via the link tree in my bio on Instagram, so you can find everything there. Cool. Uh, okay, we can link to that awesome. in the in the show notes. Link we to sure the link can. to your Instagram. Um, cool, you follow me on Twitter at Luke of K, and you can follow Ben at Ben underscore Errington. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, come join the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board Advisors come hang out with some cool horror movie fans um, thanks to Kovac Kalman for our theme music thanks to Acast for hosting the show thanks to the listeners if you enjoyed the show please consider rating and reviewing um, yeah that's about it thanks guys nice one thanks guys thanks for joining us Ed it's been fun no problem I've got to go because I've got to return some videotapes <laughs> oh, <laughs> from, the, from the film <laughs> <laughs>